0: Welcome to the podcast that showcases the rural town careers and opportunities you need to know about. Welcome to What's Your Nine to Five.
1: Hello! Everybody, we're <laughs> back in person. We're back in the studio, finally.
0: So, I'm so happy to be back oh. with these beautiful, beautiful mics and these oh. amazing headphones. So much better than being at home.
1: Yeah, those Apple headphones were uh, not uh, <laughs> sounding the best for you, weren't they? No,
0: no, they were not.
1: Especially with bad internet connection over Zoom. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we apologize, guys. We couldn't uh, get in person and record these episodes, but uh, we we're in, a, were in a second lockdown. So, what can you say? But we are back. We are back. We, um, I'm so glad to be back talking to you guys. And with Brooklyn, Brooklyn, how you been? How has the new year been for you?
0: I'm pretty crazy. It's really insane to think that it's already March. And what?
1: (laughs) I don't. I don't. Like, it's almost been... It's basically been a year since since COVID started. Yeah,
0: that's very upsetting. I do not like it. I saw this thing and it was going to talk about versaries, where now everyone's oh. going to get sad because they're going to go through and they're going to see like Snapchat memories and everything of things that they were doing a year ago today. And they're oh, going to yeah. be sad.
1: Yeah, it was man. I, it, it's, I remember at the very start when everybody was like, yeah, school's going to be shut down for two weeks, oh, but we'll so be back. We were
0: so <laughs> excited. We were so happy, <laughs> too. We'll be
1: good. It will be good. It won't take a year. Yeah, one year later we're here. <laughs> but it doesn't mean we can't release great interviews for for you guys. So today we're going to be talking to Jessica self She works at Bruce Power. She's going to let us know all about that stuff. And um, I cannot wait to get into this.
0: It's very important because I... I don't know very much about Bruce Power. (laughs) I really should because I know people that work there and I've heard that it's a great place, but Mm -hmm. I'm really interested to learn more about it.
1: Also, small disclaimer, this interview was recorded back in February. So if the quality doesn't sound as good, that's because we are still in lockdown and had to do it over Zoom. So without further ado, let's go. hello everybody and welcome back to what's your nine to five um on the show today from bruce power we have jessica self-reed how you doing today jessica
2: i'm good chris how are you
1: um i'm doing great so um first off um bruce power uh, tell us um a little bit about how you got started there and um the the job itself
2: uh, sure. Yeah, I'm a shift supervisor in training at Bruce Power. Um, obviously, uh, I started a long, long time ago. It feels like an ops. I started back in 2009, no, on site as part of the One Two Restart. Uh, I came in with a contractor, Amec NCL, um, but I w- I've been with Bruce Power since 2010. I began as a nuclear operator in training, and I've just worked my way up uh, to become a qualified operator transitioned into being a supervisor, nuclear operator, and then uh, kind of flipped over and decided to get into management. So I did a little bit of time working on shift, running operations, crews, and then I started running outages. A development opportunity opened up and uh, I decided to take the jump. So uh, yeah, I'm on the shift supervisor and training program now to become a shift manager at Bruce Power. That is so
0: cool. But I have to ask, what is a nuclear operator? What would you, what was, what was that?
2: So it's it's actually kind of an interesting job. It's a, a job that basically you are the eyes and ears of the plant. You are the person that is out in the field manipulating devices. Uh, if they want to run a safety system test, you're the person that's going to go operate the valves. You're going to push the buttons. You're going to do the different things to operate the systems to prove that they work the way that they're supposed to. We also do a lot of you know kind of routine maintenance tasks as well, just to ensure that our systems are obviously in good shape. Um, but it's, it's really, it's a hands-on job that involves a whole lot of like thinking outside of the box and troubleshooting and making things better. And obviously safe, reliable power generation is our, our ultimate goal. That,
1: that is so cool. So was there, did, was it, was it always kind of a plan to go to Bruce power? Like when you were kind of in high school or, um, so like, why did you, uh, decide to go to Bruce power?
2: <laughs> Not at all part of the plan. Uh, So originally, I'm from Northern Ontario. Um, I graduated from high school. I'll be honest, I didn't even know that we had nuclear power in Ontario. (laughs) Um, I went off to university. I was uh, pre-law. I ended up changing direction there. I became an archaeologist. I traveled the world. I did grad school in England. And then, uh, you know, the recession hit. And it was 2008, 2009 when I was graduating from grad school. And I moved back to Canada. I wanted to be close to my family. And it just so happened my family had moved to this area. And so enter Bruce Power. You know, I had a background that had a little bit of stable isotope analysis in it. And with my education and experience, Bruce Power was willing to take a chance on me. So, I mean, it's a great job. It has great job stability. Um, obviously, very competitive wages and lots of room for growth and development. And ultimately, that's what kind of attracted me to it. But I, it was not part of my plan, so to speak. It was just... It was a great opportunity when it kind of came up
0: oh my gosh wait did you say you traveled the world as an archaeologist i did i did that, yes that so cool what the heck oh my god that is so cool
2: yeah it's honestly it's a again that's probably a different conversation it was a great it was great experience i did several years working in pompeii and italy and different places around the world but uh ultimately you want a job in a career that's kind of self-sustaining and you can have a family and as much fun as it is to like backpack across europe and live out of a suitcase it's not exactly conducive for families. so yeah it had yeah. its time in its place so i don't regret it it was a great experience and a lot of it actually transfers pretty good into what i'm doing now funny enough
1: that, that that's awesome It works out perfectly so Go, going into so going into my next question, so we talked a little bit about having a family and all of that. So, how do you balance your home life and your your work life? Uh,
2: that's not without its challenges. Like I'll be honest, that's for most of us. The work in operations, you're going to spend at least part of your career working on shift. Mm-hmm. Um, for anybody that's unfamiliar with shift, what we typically run at Bruce Power is basically rotating days and nights. It's kind of a two on, two off three on two off kind of schedule flipping back and forth. It's not easy. It takes a while to adjust, but ultimately like we develop, you develop life skills in terms of what you need to get done during those waking hours. And at the same time, it also frees up so much more time when you learn to make use of it properly. So I ultimately have so much more time to spend with my kids and I can be at the daytime recitals and I can do the different things that if I worked a nine to five in an office, maybe I couldn't do. So it's like a lot about balance and trying to just find what works for you. I'm very fortunate I can sleep anywhere, anytime. So coming home after a night shift, it's fine. Um, But it it is something that you definitely have to work around. Um, Also, you become an essential worker, too, which I think a lot more people are familiar with that term going through COVID now. But for us, even before COVID, it meant like even when it was a blizzard, we were driving to work. We were having to make sure that, you know, you had your car fully provisioned and that you had an extra set of clothes and that you have those kind of essentials at work in case you get storm stayed. And I've been Storm State, so you always have to have backup plans. I'm very fortunate I have family, but you make the connections, you make the network work. And ultimately, it's a great, great experience, and it builds a lot of really good relationships with the people you work with, too.
0: So would you recommend that to people, like the kind of shift work lifestyle with with kids and everything?
2: I'm not going to say it's for everybody because everyone has their own thing. For me, it always worked because I'm a very organized person. Um, I I found ways that on my days off, I prepped meals and did my grocery shopping. And then that freed up my time that when I had the kids off school, it was like just play and have fun and go snowshoeing and do different things like that. Um, It's not without its challenges. I'm not going to say it's easy, but at the same time, it's completely doable and it's not forever. Most people don't spend their entire careers on shift. There's lots of other opportunities in operations at Bruce Power that are actually day-based jobs. I've actually been fortunate enough to be in a number of those positions. When I ran outages, that was a Monday to Friday days kind of role. And the truth is you just go in, you do your job and you set up the incoming crew for success, making sure that you've made everything possible for them during your shift. So It's a lot about self-discipline and balance and making sure that you're always trying to stay ahead of the ball. If you're a person that can do that, this can work for you.
0: Awesome, and then that kind of leads into my next question. It's a little bit different um, considering how you got into Bruce Power, but would you recommend Bruce Power as like a co-op or for young people to get into?
2: I actually would. And again, I go back to my youthful ignorance in this one. I didn't even know nuclear existed in Ontario. I wish I did. Um, I actually did uh, my last year of high school, after my last year of high school, before I went away to university, I had the opportunity to work in a fiberboard plant, which gave me some industrial experience. I can't say enough about what that did in terms of giving you the opportunity to see what goes on inside of these kind of big operations. Um, since I've been here at Bruce Power, I've had also the opportunity to have several co-op students work with me. Uh, my very first co-op student actually now works at Bruce Power as an operator over at Bruce A. As far as I can say, like it's a completely rewarding experience. And based on the turnaround in terms of the people coming back, I would say that they get a lot out of it and ultimately end up finding a place that they also enjoy.
1: That is so cool. So all the, all the youth out there, listen up there. You got, we got some good jobs out there at Bruce power, good co-op opportunities as well. So awesome. What would you say are some challenges with working at Bruce power?
2: Uh well, I mean, we kind of already touched on what it's like to try and balance that essential worker and home life, trying to be a mom, setting mm-hmm. priorities and, um, A lot of, I'll summarize, a lot of that for me comes back to, as you kind of progress through, there's things that you're going to need to do for your job that are just requirements. Um, Then there's a lot of opportunities to innovate and get involved and do different things, much the same way as like when you're in school, there's always opportunities to get involved with different clubs and crews and sports activities. You have to find a way to get involved in a level that. Is engaging to you that you find reward in what you do. And at the same time, that you don't burn yourself out. So for me, I'm terrible at saying no, I'm terrible at it. Um, yeah. and I've really had a real problem with people saying, well, you know, you should, you should care less. I don't like that phrase. <laughs> um, but someone actually said to me once, and I, I I took it to heart, instead of looking at it and saying you should care less when something comes up, look at it and say, if I say yes to this, what am I saying no to? Mm. And then you can kind of, you know what I mean? Like um, it it sets priorities for you. Right. And that's, that's where I'm going back to being a mom and balancing your life. Right. Set your priorities based on what you know that you can live with. Yeah. Um, Uh, Another, sorry, go ahead.
1: So, you know, I really like that. um, If you say yes to something, try and like think of the, the things you're saying no to. I like that. That's really cool.
2: It's kind of, it's profound, but it's not, right? It's simple, but at the same time, we overthink it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So um, that, I guess, is one. Uh, another challenge in general, like I'm not trying to climb on a soapbox here, but being a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We are predominantly, I mean, Bruce Power is 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 more diverse across the com- company. Um, but specifically, if you look in operations, I think where females only make up something like 10%. Of operations. Oh, wow. oh
0: my yeah. goodness. Like yeah. no. Women. Yeah.
2: So now a lot of it comes back to interest in STEM, right? Which is part of why I'm here. Because obviously having an interest and recognizing that there's opportunities out there for women is the first step. Um, the second step then is to get engaged and and stop, you know, saying we need more women and actually doing something about it, which is part of why I chose to be to progress towards becoming a shift manager. As it sits right now, Bruce A has had success with having both CRSSs, which are the control room shift supervisors, and shift managers that are women. At Bruce B, we still have never had one.
1: Wow! So
2: it's time, right? Um, it's time that we see women step up, and it's time to encourage women to step up, and it's time to step up together. Yeah. Yeah. That's another challenge.
1: Hundred percent agree with that. Yeah, you're you're totally right.
2: But I mean, it's it again. I can't say enough about how great it is. We prioritize things properly in terms of safety is always first. But maybe one of the big challenges for a lot of people mentally to get over when they first get there is you have to realize where you are. Um, working with nuclear power, it's a powerful animal, right? It's a yeah it's a beast on a leash and you go into work every day knowing what you do matters and you have to perform to ensure the safety of yourself and your family and your community and it's a lot of responsibility but with responsibility i think also comes purpose right and i think that's what we're all looking for is to make a difference and feel like we make a difference
0: oh i like that so sorry Just leading off what you said before, you were talking about there's not very many control room supervisors. That is what you're going to do, isn't it? In the control room?
2: Yep. So I was a field shift operating supervisor already, Um, but now where I'm progressing towards is becoming a control room shift supervisor. So the way our operations family is kind of structured is we have operators in the field, like I said, that that actually are hands on in the plants. And then we have a team of licensed operators that are the people that sit behind the panels. They're the ones that are doing the monitoring of reactivity, of controlling different parameters. Um, It's a special licensing program. And then to become a supervisor of that is kind of where I'm headed right now. So there's a control room shift supervisor and then superior to that is a shift manager. And the shift manager basically controls the day-to-day operations of the station. And especially on a back shift, they're kind of, they're the go-to on uh, who gets final say on what happens, just to make sure that we're doing things in the proper sequence and, you know, with the right parameters available to us.
1: For those who want a glimpse of trades-related careers, Edge Factor is empowering students to explore the skilled trades. This amazing online platform equips grades 7 to 12 students and their families with e-learning tools to showcase industries and careers teach soft skills, show how science, technology, engineering, and mathematics or STEM come alive in the real world and provide glimpses into local industry and career opportunities. All Bluewater District School Board and Bruce Gray Catholic District School Board grade 7 to 12 students will have access to Edge Factor in 2021. Students are encouraged to ask their teacher to set up their personal account and start exploring. So um we were just talking about challenges. So let's look at the positive side of things. What what do you love most about your job? What's what are some moments that come up that make you just say, like, man, I, I'm so glad I work here? Oh, that's like
2: that's a challenge to say. Um because <laughs> I've had like, I'm a person that celebrates little wins. I'm one of those people. Um I've had so many great shifts where I've gone into work and like <sighs> It seems like it's going to be a run-of-the-mill shift. Things get busy. uh, You get hectic. Maybe something isn't quite right. You're trying to make sure work goes ahead. A lot of those little wins and successes are ultimately what carried me through making me feel like what I do matters. Um, I've had awesome managers over the years that have supported me. And um, one of my, it's so silly, but one of my biggest things was we are all about efficiency and trying to improve things at Bruce Power. And I was actually given the opportunity to come up with an innovation a few years ago. And it seems silly, um, but just even something as simple as I organized getting a parking lot for our essential staff so that when they arrive at work, they don't have to walk from, you know, what feels like Glamis to get to the station. They're there. They get to go in, they get to do turnover. Their relief person gets to go out anything that I can do to kind of make it better. That makes me feel like what I do is a success. Um, But I, in addition to that, like I've had so many great opportunities. I love troubleshooting. I love problem solving. You know, why is this, this pump not working the way it's supposed to, why is this, you know, why do we have high conductivity in this water? Why do we have a problem? And then kind of, you know, reverse engineering and thinking back to what the problems are and helping to be part of the solution. I love that about my job. Um, and I, I think people that have any sort of kind of mechanical mind that thinks about what pieces of information go into that would love it. It's like a giant puzzle. Who wouldn't love that?
1: Yeah, that's really cool for all the well, I like that analogy. Out there. It's that's-
2: a great it's a giant puzzle. It really is. It's, it's I it, I can't say it's not hard sometimes. And there's a lot of kind of handoffs between people. And a lot of people are involved in these things, but it honestly, you work together as a team and it It feels like an escape room or like, you know what I mean? Like it feels like the thrill of solving something together.
0: Yeah. I like, so I don't know if we've, based on like you've talked about a lot of different roles at First power. Did you want to go into more, How do I word this? Sorry. Do you want to tell us some like general stuff about Bruce Power, like the inner workings of it, some like maybe some roles that people do in there? Something like that.
2: Um, Do you want me to focus more in the operations world or do you want me to just kind of give you a broad overview of kind of some of the different departments we've got on site?
0: Maybe broad, if you could. Okay. Just to educate everybody more about Bruce Power in general.
2: Yep. Um, so Bruce Power is uh, one of the, the largest nuclear sites in the world, depending on if we're counting the megawatt output or the number of active reactors. Uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of things going on on site. For anybody that hasn't uh, been in this area or doesn't know about Bruce Power, the way that the, the general site is set up is that we have two separate stations, Bruce A and Bruce B. Both stations have four reactor units, Supported by additional, we call it unit zero, which is like the support services, all the common waters and different things. And a fuel handling department that basically is in charge of the pushing of fuel, the reactivity management in and out of the, the reactor. Uh, those two stations are supported by a center of site, number of buildings and different departments, um, It's everything, like there is so much diversity in terms of job application here. We have a team of engineers that supports both the design and the actual system management in the stations. We have a group of planners and draftsmen that are constantly revising All of our different uh, system drawings, anytime we do system upgrades, make changes. We've got procedure writers that are, again, revising procedures as we change things in the station. We're going through right now a major component replacement on Unit 6, which is essentially an overhaul of the unit. It's completely taking out everything that's old and putting in all new components and upgrading technology as we do it. We've got uh, we've got our our own emergency response organization on site. That's made up of two kind of sub departments within that. Uh, so part of that is our health and well being kind of our fire safety group. So that's our emergency response fire team. They kind of make up uh, both a firefighter and a paramedic role on site. They can be anywhere in five minutes because they're deployed from different places throughout the site. We have, uh, they are trained, I should back up and say, they are trained in everything from how to actually suppress fires in the station of different types, because obviously we have many different kinds of things that are combustible, but then they're also trained as like emergency paramedics. So if something goes wrong, they will patch you up, they will get you out and they will transport you to offsite medical. Within ERT, uh, that's the emergency response organization, we also have a security deployment. So as much as we never want to have to think about the worst happening, we need to be prepared for it. And our team is trained in both kind of the overall site protection they, they do the monitoring when you come on site, they will check your identification, they will check your vehicle, ensuring that people coming and going are being safe and are supposed to be on site. But then they also specialize in being a rapid response team if something ever should go wrong. They drill and they practice and they use live ammunition. They are like well trained. If something ever, if there was ever a threat, they would be rapidly, quickly available to to neutralize whatever threat there was. So there's opportunities there if you're interested in kind of being a paramedic or have an interest in fire, there's opportunities there if you've ever wanted to to look at something like being a tactical officer. there's opportunities. Um, I'm trying to think what else we have. We have our own wellness department on site. So during kind of Monday to Friday, hours, there's doctors and nurses and different people there that are trained to help you with everything from you have a common cold to you're dealing with the stress of being a shift worker. And so they will help you to navigate so much that I feel like I'm forgetting. We have so many departments. Obviously we have HR, we have a team that's dedicated to media releases. Um, we have, uh, geez, Louise, I feel like there's so much going on. You're asking, Um, (laughs) it's like a little town, that's what I mean, it is so much going on. It truly is. There are thousands of people on site. It truly is. It's like a little city. Um, Mm. and then obviously there's the support staff for all of that too. Right. So we have custodial Mm. staff. We have staff that, um, oh, I, that's the whole branch I missed. We have a whole maintenance team. Clearly that's the people I should have been talking about. Um, they do everything from overhauling our equipment to setting up and taking care of our, uh, like our and insulation on pipes and different things like that. We have a radiation protection team. So anytime that you set foot into kind of an area that has more hazards, they're with you and they're helping you to kind of clean as you go, maintaining like good, uh, good uh, safe boundaries from anything that might be harmful they're monitoring for you we have what's called remote dosimetry, which means you basically wear something the size of a calculator on your chest and they can monitor what kind of radiation fields are around you and they can tell you take a step to your left and that'll be safer for you so wow. we have lot we have lots of great technology right
1: yeah um, that's really cool
2: Yeah, and lots of great people obviously that are highly trained helping you to do this because like I said, it's a powerful animal and we all need to kind of do our part and be, every day you show up, you need the support from all those other groups to kind of get through your day and and the lunch staff. You definitely need the lunch staff because an organization runs on their stomachs, right?
1: That is true. Okay. Um, thank so, you. that
0: was a big question. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.
1: Thank you. That I was probably, a big one. <laughs>
2: yeah, I probably failed that one. That's a-
1: no, that was great. That was great. <laughs> so what are some big misconceptions about working at Bruce Power and about your profession in general?
2: Oh, that's an easy kind of, that's a lead in one here. Um, the Simpsons, Homer Simpson, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know that uh, yeah. nuclear is the devil and it's unsafe and it's irresponsible and it's bad for the environment and yeah. you know mr burns and smithers are like you know corrupt um it's it's comical it's satirical it's, but it's ultimately that's not my reality i joke about it obviously we all joke about it because you have to have a sense of humor mm-hmm. um but ultimately, like for anybody that's in naysayer with respect to the whole nuclear power, nuclear has had such a positive effect on both like our reducing of air emissions and also providing like energy efficient, cost-effective energy supply to the province. So we've by producing electricity at Bruce Power, we've helped to offset the need for the provincial um, demand on fossil fuels like coal Mm -hmm. and natural gas. So anything that that reduces ultimately reduces like problems with air pollution, smog days. Um, I know that it it is scary and it takes a bit of taking the effort and taking the initiative to become informed. It is not um, zero risk but it is definitely a lot lower risk than what people initially believe it is. So that's probably the biggest stigma is that it's, you know what I mean, bad for the environment and bad for everybody. It's not. Um, Ultimately, the footprint that it has is so much smaller than a lot of the other power generation sources. So, yeah. And I mean, obviously, anything that we can do that way in terms of helping the environment, if you think about it from... The concept of being a parent or a steward of the earth or however you want to look at it, you're helping to build and support a healthy economy. And obviously, if you're helping to reduce the carbon footprint, you know, I'm I'm looking at what kind of a world tomorrow I'm leaving for my children.
1: hmm That's a really that's really good, cool uh, way to put it.
0: That is, I is I think something I actually was thinking about is how dangerous is it? But it's good to hear that you've got a Like you got to think about that, that it's really doing it way more good than the overall like danger of it.
2: Well, and I think the other thing too, the danger, like I I totally get that, totally get that. Um, And again, if we look at what ends up in the media, I mean, what do we talk about? We talk about Fukushima, we talk about Chernobyl, we talk about things that go bad. And when they go bad, they go really bad, right? Um, That sets that tone of fear for people. Um, and it's not without merit to be afraid of something. I think if you go to work and you're not afraid of this, then you're underestimating that animal. Um, but one of the interesting things about, so our reactors are actually what's called a can-do. their can-do design. It's a Canadian thing. Um, a can-do reactor is different than what many reactors in the States and mostly around the world use. So our reactors, I kind of built, I'm trying to make this as simple as I can make it. They have a lot of fail safes to them. Um, we basically, we can do online fueling, we can keep running, we don't have to shut down to refuel, but we have so many built-in safety systems that ultimately will take that offline and run it down to a safe state very quickly. And it can be done literally with the push of a button. So all of our operating principles, our parameters, they guide us in terms of what is safe and unsafe. And if you look at something like Chernobyl, the reason that it happened is because they took themselves outside of that safe envelope. And so for us, like we recognize the power of what we're holding on to and we just don't go there. We would much rather have to take it offline than (laughs) You know, risk ever doing something that had catastrophic effects. Our families live in this community, so when you think about it that way, it it really we put safety first. Go Canadians, build them. Go Canadians, of course. (laughs) Yes.
0: So, just last couple of questions here. Where does I'm gonna? Do you have any advice to youth about your profession, or like, and what would you tell your 16 year old self? Hmm.
2: So this is kind of a, I guess I'll do it a little bit kind of reflective if that's okay. Um, So based on everything that I just told you about myself in this very kind of quick snapshot of who I am, you can see that I've done a lot of different things. Um, I've been a lot of different places. I left high school thinking I wanted to do something and then ultimately changed direction, like massive change direction several times. Um, I think ultimately what I would say to myself or to people that are in high school right now, keep your options open. Set yourself up for success. Gain experiences and not just like line items for your resume, like travel and appreciate where you come from. Appreciate like what you can do, what you bring to the table. And like, obviously don't sweat the small stuff. Like you're gonna make mistakes. The important thing is, when you've given yourself permission to make those mistakes, make sure that you learn from them. And then ultimately just be a good person. If you can figure out how to be happy in life with what you have, I mean, we all need to find that way to be happy and feel fulfilled. And for me, it was a journey that literally took me across continents. And I don't regret it for a second because it gave me perspective on where I am right now. So just being open to that. And, you know, like I took a lot of courses in high school. When I was in high school, we had grade 13. It was OAC program back then. Mm -hmm. I'm old. Um, So for me, though, that was great. Like I did that extra year and I picked up so many credits. Like, as I said before, I went away to university pre-law. So I had credits in English and history, and you know, geography and social studies and but I also had the benefit of having all that extra time to pick up chemistry and physics and biology. And that helped me to change gears when I decided to become an archeologist. And then ultimately it served me again when Bruce Power you know, put out their posting because what they're looking for on entry requirements is things like physics and uh, chemistry and math. And fortunately I had those.
1: Awesome. That well, was very
0: inspiring. Sorry, I yes. really like, that was really, I just really like to hear that. That's good to, good to hear. <laughs> Thanks.
1: Yeah, thank you. Your journey has been, it's it's a really cool one. You kind of did everything. You, you've, uh, you know, had a bunch of switch-ups in your life. And um, that's the thing we're trying to get across is like you don't have to have it all figured out at 17, you know. So um, thank you for talking about that. And unfortunately, we don't have too much time left. So well, I'm going to have to wrap this up but thank you so so much for coming on Jessica we really appreciate it um is there any plugs or promos that you want to put out there at all to the
2: um I think I've done a decent job already of trying to talk about the (laughs) (laughs) power great job um I think just in summary like I said being good to yourself and kind of planning ahead and keeping your options open and um The plug, I guess I would say for high school students is to not be afraid of taking on new challenges and don't be afraid of, you know, not having it all figured out exactly what you said at 17. I don't know that any of us actually knew what we would be doing when we were in our forties. Yeah. Yeah, So, you know, just be good to yourself, keep your options open and try new things like try something like Bruce power. Ultimately, there's so many career opportunities there that there is a niche for everybody and it is a great employer. We show up on the, you know, top employer lists all the time. It's a great place to work. It's a great community. Um, and obviously like I'm biased, right. But, uh, (laughs) I love the, I love the bigger community here. I love, I live in Port Elgin. I love it here.
1: Yeah. It's beautiful up there.
2: It is. Yeah. So I I just think it's something, you know, make an investment in yourself. I guess that's my plug
1: that's awesome well thank you so much again for coming on jessica we really appreciate you talking about bruce power and all that he did great so um thank you again and um well maybe we'll have to have you back on at some point but uh, thanks again we really appreciate it
2: anytime okay,
1: thank you jessica <laughs> anytime jessica self ladies and gentlemen And that is the interview with Jessica Selfry from Bruce Power. Um, really, really good to know all the things that go on over there.
0: I can't believe it's like a whole town, a whole yeah. like civilization happening yeah, there. Yeah, a small
1: civilization of Bruce Power. But um, <laughs> no, she is a busy lady. I like the part where she was getting into, you know, the balance you got to make with your family life, home life, and your work life. It is a balance, and it can be tough, but it can it is doable. It is doable.
0: It's tough even with school. I can't imagine having a whole full-time job as well. Oh
1: My goodness. My goodness. But Brooklyn, this was so good. Um, I know we didn't get to do this interview in person. <laughs> and this was recorded back in February. But um, from here on out, we're going to have a lot more of uh, me and Brooklyn in person. We'll have some over Zoom still. But we'll have also some people... Coming in to talk to us in person again. It's Woo-hoo, good to
0: be... green zone. We love yes. green zone.
1: Green zone. Give me the green, baby. <laughs> That's how we do it.
0: <laughs> but really, guys, Bruce Power is seriously a really good thing. I know they're doing co-op applications at the moment. So, if yes. you want to learn more, I would recommend checking that out. Yes. Apprenticeship, careers, they've got so much there. Yes. And again, if you're looking for apprenticeship, OE app is out there. Always good resources. There's a lot out there.
1: Yes, a lot of trades jobs at Bruce Power. So... You want to get to uh, you want to get to there oh yap yeah, can help y'all and that is the episode for today um thank you again to Jessica Selfried for coming on and talking about Bruce power and um, everybody stay hydrated
0: and chase your dreams have a Boom. great day see ya